Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. Today is episode 53, or you might say season two, episode one. Hard to believe we've entered in our second season. What do you think, Matt? I think sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) A lot of work done and a lot of work left to do. A lot of work. But I'm excited. Uh, We got, we got, uh, it's going to be a new season. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah, I'm going to apologize up front. We're still having some technical issues on my end uh, with computers. Hopefully, we'll have it fixed by the ne- next episode, but um, I think we'll slog through regardless. You know, on the last episode, we talked about all the things that were coming and that we were looking at doing. And one of the things we had hinted at was uh, a multi episode discussion about integrity. I know you've got some things that are uh, are occurring, mm-hmm. and this is something that you've also felt pretty strongly about. Why don't you uh, kind of throw some thoughts out on integrity? Right. Excuse me, integrity. This is stemming out of a keynote that I'm about to go give. Um, so by the time you hear this, I will have already delivered it. So hopefully, it went good uh, for uh, Bombardier Safety Stand Down. They they're um asked me to come and talk their theme is safety and integrity and and they wanted to uh when they called they i I was actually really excited when they asked me to come and talk about integrity because integrity is something that i found in my practice whether i'm doing psychotherapy or coaching especially uh with aside from mental skills coaching that's a little different but with the coach, regular coaching and, and psychotherapy, a lot of it comes down to issues of integrity that people end up wanting to work on. So when they asked me to come and talk, I was really excited because I thought, well, this is really applicable. I mean, I deal with this all the time. And in V1, I think it's a crucial part to what we work on in V1. I mean, Carl, you're in V1. Wouldn't you say that kind of the root of a lot of what we focus on is based around in t- having integrity. Absolutely. Um, I will be uh, honest and say the first time you brought it up, my mind went to the moral aspects mm-hmm. of it. And um, I think that uh, I think a lot of other listeners may be thinking the same thing. Yeah. And I know that isn't exactly what you were trying to get at. And as you went along, you kind of explained that there were two types of integrity that you were really kind yeah. of trying to get to yeah so i think that would be something that would be good to tell to, you know i'm sure you're going to tell them about what kind of integrity you're talking yeah. about so let's look at integrity 
when we think of integrity, and if you look at a, a Oxford dictionary or the Webster's dictionary uh, definition of what integrity is, integrity means the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. They call it moral uprightness. So the example that they use is he is known to be or she is known to be a man or woman of integrity. And then the second definition, so it's strong moral principles. So there's that moral piece. And then there's the second part of integrity, which is the state of being whole or undivided. So the example is upholding territorial integrity and national sovereignty, or it's the condition of being unified, unimpaired, or sound in construction. So an example would be for us pilots out there is does the aircraft have the ability to maintain integrity up at flight level 410? There you go. Does it hold together? So it's being whole or undivided. The structural integrity of the airplane is able to be maintained or the structural integrity of the novel when somebody's writing a novel is able to be maintained. So that's what that that's the definition of integrity and most people just stop with that. It's it's being moral, right? That's yeah, I I I'm moral. I I do the right thing. I'm honest. I tell the truth. I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal. Um, even when nobody's watching, I still do, I have, I have integrity and there's nothing wrong with that, that definition. Um, but let's, let's continue to explore this. So integrity shares the same root as the word integer. That's where integer comes, right? It's, which is means whole, whole number. Do you remember from your mathematics class back in high school, integers are whole numbers. Um, and wholeness comes down to three main, uh, combinations of, of things. One is whole is, is energy management. And I'll get into this in a minute. So just hang with it. It's congruence and it's alignment. So when we're talking about energy, um, when we allow energy to flow, let's just say not even in a physics way but in a human way when when we're our energy is flowing we are able to be more engaged we are able to be more clear uh more innovative more relaxed refreshed on purpose right when we, but when we when when our energy just flows but when it's blocked there be what the the effectiveness just goes it plummets it either decreases or it, it just goes away completely and so the way i like to to think about this is like if you think about a string of christmas tree lights what happens when one of those bulbs goes out whole thing doesn't work it's gone because that's the, the flow of energy, right? There's a disruption and, and then there's a, or a fuse, right? Think about a fuse. What does a fuse do? It disrupts the flow of energy. A breach of integrity is anything that interrupts or blocks the flow of energy. That's a breach. So energy management's the first piece. And I'm not just trying to get all woo-woo here. I mean, it really is about energy. 
Second is congruence, which means matching. So we're talking about from an emotional perspective, integrity. I'm not, I'm not doing the, the, the aviation physics integrity. We're talking about emo psychological integrity now. Let's switch over to psychology. So energy management, flow of energy. Second is congruence c uh, or, or congruence. I say congruence. I don't know why. But um, that is when you're matching what is on the inside to what is on the outside. You're matching your experience to your expression. So what happens with men? I'm always picking on guys because it's the majority of men that we work with. We have lots of women too, but I'm just going to pick on the men. In terms of, we have a problem as men with matching what's happening emotionally with our expression, unless it's anger or happy. Good. If we're angry, we can we're, we're, we show it. I'm pissed, right? I'm angry. Or I'm good. I'm good. But then when there's something else, maybe like sad or shame or confusion, uh, we don't know how to match the internal feeling with the expression. And so what happens is guys, they sort of just go blank. They're just like, God, you know, dirt. How, how do you feel? Don't know. You know, it's like nothing going on. And a lot of times women are complaining about their men. He doesn't show any emotion. He doesn't show, how can you just sit there like a lump on a log with all this going on, right? And he's just sort of like, you know, sitting there kind of in a stunned or disinterested look. Well, because there's a there, there's an, a mismatch of congruence with the internal expression or internal experience to the external expression. So that is, a uh, there's a lack of integrity there because the congruence isn't there. And then there is something called alignment. And alignment is just when we are on purpose, on our, not, I don't mean like you did that on purpose. I mean like when you're on your purpose. When you're not on your purpose, you're not in integrity. So integrity, from our definition, from a psychological perspective, it's being able to, it's energy management, it's, it's, there's congruence and then there's alignment. So what we're talking about, and here's the problem with integrity. There's plenty of people that are good people, moral, ethical people, but they have energy management issues. They have congruence issues and they have alignment problems and they are acting outside of integrity of who of of who they are of the best of who they are so it's not just moral ethical these are moral ethical people now of course there's people that lie cheat and steal and we say well they're, they're they have no integrity yes that's true but there's people that struggle with integrity that are good people that are trying to do the right thing but there's issues and one of the 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 um one of my mentors his name is henry cloud he's a psychologist um i think he's an incredible psychologist he's done a lot of work around integrity and there's a quote that he has and i'm just going to pull this up and he says how many of you have had a situation in your work experience where somebody was very bright talented competent and good at working, uh, at working deals, but there was something about who or she was as a person that somehow got in the way of all that ability. 
I think all of us can relate to that, right? You know, good VP of sales, guy's a great guy. He goes, he gets it done, but nobody likes him. People are like, I'm going to quit if this guy stays around. And then the, the, you know, the CEO is going, well, what do you mean? This guy's rocked it. He's, he's, he's improved our margins. We're making so much money because of Bob. We, and people are like, if he doesn't leave, I'm out of here, right? Well, Bob's not lying. He's not cheating. He's not stealing. But there's something where he is not getting along with, the, with alienating other people. And then Cloud goes on to say, how many of you can also relate to there being some way in which you feel like if you were different in some way that you could go further than you have or reach the full potential that your brains your talents and competencies would have would allow and i think if all of us are being honest we can all relate to that at some level where we're like you know i I don't know i just get in my own way or i i just you know some people self-destruct um and so what he says is He says some aspects to who they were as people that they have never seen as important to develop were keeping them from reaching the heights that all of the other investments they had made should have afforded them. While they met the criteria for integrity, they also left behind a trail of falling short in some key areas of performance that left them as well as their stakeholders and the people who depended on them wanting more, wanting more from them. So if you think about it, integrity is, yes, it's, it's morality and it's ethical functioning. It's trusting and it is, you know, like it's that pr- protector thing, right? Pr- protection from catastrophe, right? I know, I know Carl's going to have the, the, the integrity to do the right thing so this thing doesn't blow up, right? Of course. That's, and, and in our environments... Whether you're, and, and if you're a high performer in a safety critical environment, whether you're a first responder or you're a physician or a surgeon or a pilot, of course you're going to do, you're not going to, you're not going to lie, cheat, and steal, right? I mean, some of those, there are some cases of surgeons just being complete frauds and hacking at people. And there's that Dr. Death. I don't know if you ever saw that, that, that mini series about that neurosurgeon that was, I mean, that is, that, that's, that's psychopathy. Okay. We're not, we're not talking about psychopaths. Um, but I mean, like, there's good people uh, that these are going to do the right thing, but there's there is still a block of energy. There's still there's still misalignment. There's still a lack of congruence. So high performance, you know, like morality and ethical functioning, that is just mandatory. It's baseline. We're we're saying beyond that. Sometimes we just get in our way, and what happens is when we get in our way. We and so here's how it manifests itself, and this is when people end up coming in to get professional work, sometimes therapy, sometimes coaching, sometimes both. Is when their life starts to to, to unravel, and what that looks like is that they they fail to build trust, they fail to gain followers. There's something where they're not understanding reality. They 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 don't address their blind spots in themselves in others, in external factors. Sometimes it's that proverbial burying your head in the sand. We've all had bosses like that, where it's just like, why why does does she or he not see what is going on? And they're just like, no, no, everything's fine, right? It's that burying the head in the sand. And then what happens is they don't achieve desired outcomes effectively. 
oftentimes they don't handle challenges and setbacks. They're unable to foster growth. They can't grow their organization or their team or, you know, wherever they're at in their in their their organization or even in their their relationships, which then affects negatively affects profit. And then there's a lack of contribution to a larger mission. This is what happens when we don't have integrity. And then it leads to the three, the big D's. The three D's. Dismal performance ceilings. They get derailed by obstacles. They, you know, some something happens and then they just cannot recover. They, they just get off. They go derailed. They go into deep, dark depressions. Or at, and then at, at its worst, just very destructive self-tendencies. Just start to become just self-destructive. That's what a lack of integrity leads to. They're telling the truth. They're moral. They're ethical. They're not lying. They're not stealing. They're not cheating. But there's something more that's, that's knocking them off. So being moral and ethical isn't enough to equate with integrity. You can be moral and be ethical, but it doesn't mean you have integrity. And as, as Henry Cloud really alludes to, what we're talking about is, per, is, is, is what he refers to as personhood. He says, here's a quote, he says, I've seen many honest, ethical people of integrity who were not making it in some way. While we would say they were all were people of good character, quote-unquote character, the reality is that their personhood was still preventing their talents and brains from accomplishing all that was in their potential. So it's more than just character. So the work that I do with clients around integrity, and it's I've broken this down into really 10 key areas that we're going to go through over the next few episodes since we're going to do some integrity stuff but what what we're talking about what i have to help them do is how do they integrate their character and their personal operational performance their you know what is their ability what is their and this is where the mental skills for, for performance training really comes in handy so it's how do we help them with their breaking down what their character is made up of not just telling the truth and doing the right thing more there's more and being able to peak perform you know when you started breaking down the second definition of the integrity after the moral aspects and you broke it down in those three big major muscle movements the one that stood out and still stands out to me to some degree is congruence because I think that's the one that is most, I would say, the most obvious externally to other people. They see that, um, like you say, the deer in the headlights or the, the lack, the, the, you can tell some, something's there, but they're not honestly reflecting back what it is. Because um, I don't know that the person themselves may totally realize that there is a congruence issue as much as the external so that leads me to my question and the fact is that once the person that's being non-congruent is made aware of that either because they personal reflection or somebody's uh, talking to them going that's trying to be honest with them saying I, I don't feel like what what you're telling me and what i'm and what you're doing are the one and the same or what you're feeling are how does someone address that that 
disagreement in the congruence? Well, that's a great question. And those issues of congruence, those issues of energy management, which manifests itself in all of those, you know, those negative ways, uh, these issues of uh, uh, alignment, you know, where you're on purpose, it comes down to, I believe, and the research shows, and um, I have been taught, and I'll tell you, of doing thousands and thousands of hours of coaching in psychotherapy, it comes down to these 10 factors these 10 factors, which what that really leads to is what is your personal makeup? It's not just professional skills and knowledge at the, at the peak performance level. Everybody's got skills and everybody's smart, you know, like they're not, you just don't reach, you know, you don't reach that level if, if you don't have those baseline and you can't get the skills and knowledge unless you've got your moral and you're ethical and you're not a, you know, you're not a fraud. You're not a liar. You're not a cheater. But it, I think, it addressing those 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 issues, it comes through these ten ish these ten areas. So let's let's. I was going to ask one yeah. slightly different question. Of all the people that you've uh, worked with, do you feel like any one of those three stands out more than the others? Uh, or Good do question. you feel like it's kind of an equal mix? I think it. Uh, I think it, you mean between energy management, uh, congruence and alignment. Do you feel like it, it, when, that, yeah. when the person has all three of them or I think one that you can't have one without the other. I, I view them as like three circles that are overlapped and it's almost like the triad of performance. They're, they're waxing and waning. It's like they're these orbs that are, that are just alive. And I, I think that sometimes when we can't express how we feel it's very easy then to not be on purpose right so the alignment goes off and then when the alignment goes off energy gets blocked through um you know whether it's it's well we'll get into these 10 areas that you're that you're going to see but i i don't think i think i think it's all three of these issues it's never just one i think they all affect each other if energy's off it's going to hard to be be aligned which is going to then vary. It's going to create some some congruence issues. If you're not congruent, energy is going to be off. Then you're going to be out of alignment. You know, I think that they all affect each other. I think men struggle with congruence on an emotional level, big time. But look, the corporate world has taught, you know, not, that it's it's weak to show emotion. It's weak to show vulnerability. It's you know, there, there's all sorts of acculturation. Um, in a corporate America that is created, and depending on the, the the culture of the company, it it breeds these things to get knocked off track, knocked off. And so, look, I I mean, look, I've I've worked with companies, organizations as a whole, but sometimes you know a COO or whatever is or is coming to me, and it's like, look, you may not be able to change the culture of the company. It might have a long history of and I, I can even just think of certain airlines, right? We all know though, you know, which as pilots, we know, which, you know, you know, like, okay, well, that guy's a pilot for that company and shit that, you know, they work for, she works over there. And, and cause, and there's these, these company cultures that, that you may not be able to like do anything about that. But I personally believe like responsibility starts with you. It, it, it starts with you. And if you, if you, 
you know, and, and change starts at the individual level. It, it does. And if you're in a position of power, fish rots from the head down. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really important. But I, I think that, I think all three of these things are impacted. I think men deal with congruence issues a lot. I think everybody with alignment issues when they're not on their purpose, which is why we do a lot of values work in V1. And you know, if I work with any anybody on a coaching level, we're, we're doing values work. Because if you don't, if your goals are not aligned with, with your deep core values, you, you either won't achieve your goals, you'll get in the way, right? Remember those destructive tendencies? You'll get in the way or you'll achieve them and you'll just be totally unfulfilled. And you'll just be okay, you know, next or, or, I mean, you'll just be wanting to kill yourself because you're like, well, I did everything I was supposed to do and I still feel terrible. And I've, I even feel worse because it didn't work. So we all have, have alignment issues and energy management as a human issue. I think men tend to be much worse than women, uh, from an energy perspective, just in general, because of acculturation and a bunch of other things. Uh, but let's let's get into some of these. Uh, I think some of these factors. So hopefully, I've made the case that it's it's not just moral and ethical functioning. That doesn't mean you, that that's going to get you to to full uh, integrity. So it's the personal makeup. Well, so here's the 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 the, the factors. So. Th there's 10 things. One is trust. You have to be able to, to, to instill trust. Second is truth. Truth is not simple. It's not like, is it true or not? Truth is we're going to break this down. We're going to go deep into these things. There's trust, there's truth. You know my favorite, responsibility. And I call it radical responsibility. The ability to take radical responsibility. Four is the ability to get results. Have to get results. Five, you have to be able to embrace the negative. Right? I see it as a, as an opportunity to fail. There's, you know, win, we we think there's winners and what do people say? Losers, right? I I think it's winners, winners and, le and learners. And if you cannot embrace the negative. If you are so afraid of failure, it's going to be very, very difficult to embrace the negative. So you got to be able to embrace the negative. So trust, truth, radical responsibility, get results, embrace the negative. Six is growth, to have a growth mindset. We've talked about that on this, on this show. Seven is sublime, or some people call it transcendence. Some people think, you know, it's like the, the larger purpose. Some people get that through their faith. Some people get it through their community. But something there has to be an embracing of something that is sublime. Eight, it's the ability to feel through all the way. Take feelings from beginning all the way through to the end, which we'll break down. Nine is the ability to transparently communicate. So very transparent communication. And 10 is, is how you honor your agreements. People that have strong integrity have irreproachable agreements. Irreproachable. So, should we start with truth? First one, let's start with truth. But before we do that, here's what I did, I'm going to do in my talk. 
or I should say I've done it, I did in my talk, because by the time you listen to this, it'll have been done. Uh, I asked the question, what is our ultimate purpose in life? Let's start with a small question. <laughs> what is our ultimate purpose in life? Well, without getting too deep into it, but based on 10,000 years of Stoic philosophy and 200 years of modern neuroscience, and from my experience of conducting thousands and thousands of hours of therapy and coaching, our ultimate purpose in life is to flourish and express the best version of ourself. Here's the key. Moment to moment. Not on paper, not sometime down in the future, right? Yeah, one day I'll get there if I could just get upgrade and get to the big stuff and uh, then I'll be able to... No, it's, it's today. Our purpose is to be able to flourish and express the best version of who we are. And we do this by living with a core set of values and virtues. Values are just beliefs that motivate us to act in a certain way with our behavior. We're going to do a lot of values work this year. I can tell you that. We're going we're to talk about it. Values are not just a theory. Values are an action. They're a verb. It's what you do with your arms and your legs and your mouth. And virtues are just this excellent trait of character. So those 10 areas are really virtuous traits that are expressed through your values, which is your action. That's, our, that's, what, that's what we're here to do. because And how do we know this? Well, the, the uh, Stoics, they called it wisdom, self-mastery, courage, and love. And then the modern neuroscientists in the last 30 years, especially with the, the positive psychology movement, which is founded by Martin Seligman um, at Penn, very famous psychologist, what they found was there was uh, uh, five factors which exactly matched the Stoics. It was zest, which is energy and vitality, hope, gratitude, curiosity, and love. And it aligns very perfectly with the Stoics. It's just, it's a more kind of nuanced understanding of what the Stoics were talking about. That is, and when we are not able to do that, we get sick. Mentally, physically, spiritually, Culturally, community-wise, relationship-wise, we get sick. We go into, like they call it disease, right? Dis-ease, that's what disease is. We go into states of dis-ease when we are not able to flourish and express the best version of ourselves through our values and our virtues. So the question is, the meaningful question then is like, well, then what the hell gets in the way of our ability to kind of close that gap between our potential and where we're actually at. What gets in the way of our ability to express these trust, truth, responsibility, results, embracing negative growth mindset, embracing the sublime, being able to feel things all the way through, having transparent communication, having irreproachable agreements. What gets in the way? Why can't we just do that? What gets in the way ultimately of our ability to flourish and express the best of who we are? So, listener, what stops us? What gets in the way? Just think about that for a second. Why do we, why do we, you know, we have the best of intentions, but we screw up. We act out of alignment, out of, out of energy. We don't manage our energy. 
We, we, we lose integrity. We've talked about it before. See if you're paying attention. What rules human behavior? Often, especially in towards the negative place. Fear. Fear. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. That's the actual definition of fear. And as a verb, it's to be afraid of someone or something and is likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. So if you think about the word pain is in both of those definitions. Pain, pain, pain. We don't like pain. For damn good reason, we don't like pain. And Freud n nailed it. He knocked it out of the park with something called the pleasure principle. And what he said was the pleasure principle long persists, however, as the method of working employed by the sexual instincts. He thought everything was sex, which he was wrong. But he says, so as the method of working employed by the sexual instincts, which are so hard to educate and starting from those instincts or in the ego itself, it, is, it often succeeds in overcoming the reality principle. We don't, we, we overestimate what is actually happening to the detriment of the organism as a whole. That is the most powerful quote of all of psychology. We seek pleasure and we avoid pain, even if it means we distort reality. And reality is that being present in the moment. That's right. That's right. That is why we have to train ourselves to embrace reality. But our brain is so wired up. I mean, it is so wired up to look for threats everywhere. And so fear contributes and our ability to have language, which we're not going to get into that right now, but fear contributes to most dimensions of human suffering, which then looks like things that we call like depression, anxiety, sadness, anger, low self-esteem, addiction, distractibility, irritability, all of these dimensions of suffering. Fear is a huge contributor, if not the largest contributor to those dimensions. And, and like you say, fear... Fear, there are things that you can be afraid of that are in the moment. I Absolutely. Mean, you need they, that. Yeah, of but, course. Of course. But the majority of fear is actually dealing with things that have already happened or have yet to happen. Right. You're afraid of what's going to happen or you're afraid what's happened is, gonna, is affecting everything that's going on or will affect it again. So the majority of fear is not are things that you can't do anything about or things that have yet to occur. Yep. That's right. The majority of fear does not lie in the present. No, in the present, and, and you know, I will argue with unless somebody's stabbing you in the head with a dagger and turning it, and then then you have every right to be afraid. In this moment, usually it may not be perfect, right? But it's not as bad as what's going on in your mind. And it's manageable. You know, there's seldom a moment that is totally unmanageable. But if you cannot get into the moment and you allow your mind to take you where it wants to go because of biology, right? This is like what, what he said again. This is what, what Freud was saying. It's so hard to educate. 
and starting from these instincts or in the ego itself, it succeeds in overcoming the reality principle to the detriment of the organism as a whole. We seek pleasure, we avoid pain, and we distort. We go, oh my God, that's a threat, that's a threat, that's a threat, that's a threat. And it's not a threat. And it's not your fault. And, and then we get really shameful. This is where it gets really sad. And I, I spend a lot of time educating people about how their mind works because you know we just want to, oh, how do I just get treatment because I'm such a piece of crap? No, you're a human. You have a brain. We have a prefrontal cortex. And the problem, and we've got a very limbic brain. We've got a deep brain and then the outer brain, and it's this supercomputer that is wired up to navigate a very, very treacherous environment about 2 million years ago. It hasn't evolved in about 2 million years. So 2 million years ago, you know, like, yeah, you were being chased around by tigers and you didn't live very long. And if you got sick, you were going to die. You know, it was, it was a, it was a brutal environment to live in and so that's the 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 fms that we have on board for those non-pilots the fms is the flight management system it's kind of the brains of the of the aircraft it 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 handles all the systems and the communications and the a cars and the weight balance and the fuel and 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 that's what our brain does it manages all the systems and it's wire it's an old piece of a hardware and software there's been no software upgrades at all. Think about uh, every child that's born starts off with the same that's knowledge right. as every child that's ever been born. Well, you build throughout no your life, down yeah, you're building your software. You're trying to upgrade it. But yeah. but that's why we've got techniques that we you can use to actually write some new code, which, crazily enough, actually creates new hardware. So you can literally evolve your brain based on some therapies and 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 practices that you can develop, which is what we teach. That's what we teach in Left Effect and B1. So, but you so the brain does this stuff and it it is looking for fear around every corner. And so it's not just, boy, you know, he's just a crappy employee or she's just a terrible leader. Um, you know, unless they're just a liar and a cheater, then then it's, you know, these are characterological pathologies. That's different. But it's when people get in their own way and they just don't express the best of who they are and they, they embrace some of these mindsets and these ways of navigating that are maladaptive, which leads to self-destructive behavior or poor outcomes or poor relationships. It's They're working with fear. <laughs> fear is in there. It's driving the ship. And it drives the ship for all of us. So fears cannot be understated or uh, overstated here enough. It, fear drives everything. So it's important to keep that in mind. Now I've talked about you know how do we manage activation? May, we'll do another story on that. We'll do another another podcast on that uh, later. But let's get into how much time we got. We've got time to cover one. Okay. Um, we got time to cover one. Let's cover, uh, trust. It's the first one. So the way I want you to think about it, well, hold on. We got to back up. I've got to cover some stuff here because this is, these things are, I, I view this from a couple of different perspectives. So let's, let's back up. 
when we're trying to manage these states of activation, there's three pieces that we have to do, that we have to do. We have to cover. One is you need to use a strategy when you're trying to approach managing states of activation. What most of us do is the equivalent of throwing poop against a wall to see what sticks or avoidance, right? The tiger's there. What, what are you going to do when there's a tiger? Get the hell away from it, right? You're not going to go, you know, snuggle up next to it. You know, it's not. So we have this tendency to avoid things that we think are going to hurt us. Even if it's our thoughts, we want to avoid them, but you can't. So you cannot, avoidance is not a strategy. It's, it's a terrible strategy. And there's a behavioristic principle that says avoidance of a noxious stimulus only makes the avoidance response stronger. So we don't want to avoid. So you've got, and that's what you got to use a strategy that I would say is scientifically based, something that you can test and tweak. It has some repeatability. And, and look, that's what you, you see guidance from somebody that's actually been successful with working with this stuff. Get professional help. Don't go to the palm reader. So you've got to use a strategy. The second piece is you've got to start to recognize the story that you're telling yourself about what is going on in your life. And as Carl just talked about, we tend to future focus or past tense. We think about what has already happened or what is going to happen. When the reality is, is that your life actually only exists in the moment. It doesn't exist in the past. doesn't exist in the future. Uh, I'm not saying you can't plan for the future or remember the past. Of course, you, you, you're, you're going to remember that and be informed by that. And you're going to want to plan for the future, but you've really got to live in the present if you want to have a, a good outcome. It's sort of like, like a football game. If you're worried about the scoreboard the whole time, you're not going to be able to run the ball up the field. You've got to be able to focus on play to play. We call that process orientation in performance psychology. You got to be able to focus on the process if you want to have a good outcome. So the story, you need to start to recognize what's the story. And the definition of story is an account of imaginary or real people and events told for entertainment. That's what the definition of story is. So I just think of story as, well, what is the story I'm telling myself about me, about what's going to happen about my life? So we've got three orientations. There's past, there's present, there's future. When you're overly uh, fixated on the past to the point where it impacts your functioning negatively, that's what we would just call depression. <laughs> it's a lay person's way of thinking about depression. Anxiety is when we're just so focused on the future that it starts to impact our ability to function. That's called anxiety. But when you focus on the present, what's interesting is that the depression and the anxiety drop off. They start to extinguish. Because, like we just alluded to, in the present, you're probably okay, even if it's not perfect. In the present moment, it's probably like it's doable. You could kind of manage it. So we want to use a strategy. We want to decrease the story as best we can. Get the story out of there, the Shakespearean tragedy that we're all writing. And it's, and it's a tragedy for a reason. And then there's this most important piece. And this is what we're going to finish on for today. We'll get to the other stuff later. Next, next episode. But then there's this piece called your state. Your state. And the state is um, mental states. These are what are our intentions or um, our, our beliefs and our, our emotions. That's what a state is. And there's all sorts of 
um, different in the in the scientific literature, state is referred to many many different ways: a sensation, uh, propositional attitudes. They got occurrence and standing, rational, irrational, process versus outcome. That's for the the sports psychologists. Zones of optimal functioning, and then there's the flow states, which everybody's writing about. You know, the these extreme athletes get into states of flow, and yada 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 yada. The way I like to think about it, the way I teach it, because I'm a pilot, I just think of resourced, unresourced. You think about CRM, when you're being using crew resource management, it means you're opening up the periphery around the situation. You're communicating with you know the two in and the two out, and you're using the the quick reference cards, and you're using the the memory items and the the books, and you. You're, you're not just like tunnel visioning around a problem. You're working the problem by opening up your resources. When we're unresourced, we're just hands and elbows, right? Just fixated on the problem. So I think of resourced is just maintaining the periphery of your environment. It's not tunnel visioning around the problem. You're using your resources. You're maintaining an in-the-moment kind of orientation and so you're using very proactive decision-making. And there's emotions that engender this, like gratitude, love, feeling connection to others. That's CRM, right? Okay, let's, let's, let's all connect here and communicate. When we're unresourced, you're just tunnel visioning around a problem. You're losing the periphery, right? It's like that freeze, fight, or run response. Everything narrows, and then the decision-making becomes very reactive. Now, look, if the wing has fallen off, that's probably a good thing. You want a tunnel vision around that. But if it's not, you don't want a tunnel vision around something that doesn't, you know, it's like people say, what if I lose the engine? Well, guess what? You've got another engine, right? So let's not just, you know, get so fixated around that engine that we stop flying the airplane. That's why we aviate, navigate, communicate. That is to keep yourself resourced. When we become unresourced, what are the emotions that drive that? Fear and anger. They close us off, right? It's when you see red. Ding, 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 triple chime. So resourced versus unresourced. That's the two states. And very simply from a, a personality perspective, so let's reel it into the personality piece now. Somebody's coming, they're like, they're out of integrity. I just think of it like when you're resourced, you are open, you're curious, and you're committed to learning. Think about it like a, or, or a, an organization even, right? What is their management? Is it open? Is it curious? Is it committed to learning? When they're unresourced, closed, right? Tunnel visioned, they're closed, they're defensive, and they're committed to being right. That's what happens as people as departments, as organizations. When we are resourced, we are open, we are curious, we're committed to learning. When we are unresourced, we are closed, we are defensive, and we are committed to just being right. Because that's driven by fear. It's driven by fear. So managing the state is so vitally important. Now, what most of us do is we put all of our emphasis on the strategy. I've talked about it in the past, the dieting industry, right? I just got to get the right diet or the workout industry or the right gear. I got to have the right gear. That's strategy. And then we don't even think about story and states not even off the, it's off the table. 
State is like 95% of the, it's the reverse. State is everything. If your state is resourced, you're going to be able to succeed. If it's unresourced, you can have the best strategy in the world and it's not going to work. So I think of it as state is 95%. Story is important. Not it's Just being aware of it helps you get into the right state. Story is about 4% and strategy, just pick one, it's 1%. It's, it's minimally important. State is really, 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 really important. So when we continue this discussion next week, we're going to talk about those 10 crucial areas from a perspective of, of, of resourced or unresourced. When you are in a resourced place, this is what trust looks like. When you're unresourced, this is what trust looks like. And I would argue that those areas, which leads to the sort of breaches of integrity, are when we are operating from an, a very unresourced, closed, activated, freeze, fight, or run, fear-driven, anger-driven, uh, emotional state. Breathe. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, it's going on, wow, breathe. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure it's really clear, right, so we understand where we're headed here. This is, this is a very deep, broad and complex conversation and um i can tell you already that down the road i've already got uh, another that you've talked about it enough times that one of these days we're going to really need to delve deep into the word love yep um that's a that's his own subject which we're not going to yes. just tackle right now but it's something that i think people are wondering about uh, as we go along yes. um i think we're reaching the end of the today's podcast this is going to be hard because you're talking about 10 different subjects of which nine you haven't discussed yet. And I haven't discussed 10 so we'll yet. I haven't discussed them. 10 of them. I mean, yeah. I mean, we haven't yeah, gone into trust yet. You said discuss one. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll focus on integrity. What's the takeaway on integrity today? The takeaway is it's not just being ethical or moral. And all of us have breaches of integrity. All of us do. When we are not acting in complete integrity, with our ability to express the best of who we are is I would say is when we have, um, when things kind of go off the rails and it goes off the rails for all of us. So this is not about like, I'm a man of integrity and you're not like, that's not, that's such a minimal, you know, childish definition of it's just moral and ethics that we're talking about much deeper, uh, places of integrity. So I just want the takeaway is, is, don't just limit your integrity to, to moral and ethics. It's more. We're going to talk about it. The only thing I would add to that, that it, this is not something that is an end state. It's a constantly, you're, yes. you're constantly working on it. You never, ever, it's, it's kind of like once you're at, at the center line, you have to maintain the center line. Because if you don't, you'll start to drift. That's right. So this is something that we will constantly work on. And any person that says that that's not an issue has got an issue with it. And they're just not acknowledging right. it. Um, I want to say that uh, thank you to all of those longtime listeners that have persevered through all the different topics we've talked about over uh, an entire year. And thank you for coming along with our second year and all the things that are going to come. For all our newer listeners, I would strongly uh, recommend 
considering looking at back at our older uh, podcasts because there's a lot of foundational building that occurs that will answer some of the things that we kind of gloss over now because we've talked about them in the past. So um, take a look at the, at the, the brief descriptions, and I think you'll find some things in there that will help um, for your listening. We thank you. We uh, look forward to seeing you on the inside in our new premium content podcast. And please keep giving us thumbs up recommendations to your friends on us. This is uh, something we want to grow the community with and help people. This is still underground. As, As much exposure as we've gotten recently, it's a subject that still doesn't get talked about a lot. And we want people to know that it's okay to talk about and it's okay to, to deal with. So until next podcast, we thank you. And uh, as, as Matt said, we love you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect podcast.